<laughs> We're on. Welcome, everybody. 9th of March, SingVL Google Hangouts. And today, let's see who's on. Let's see who's with us today. Okay, so there is Dale Henry. Is Neil Singer, of course. There is Dale Henry. Hi, everyone. We have Graham Waddell, our Scottish man. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We have we have Duncan Costin, who is the property director of Pure Gym. Okay. And we have Humphrey Cobbold, who's the CEO of Pure Gym. Hi, everybody. Okay, so today, remember, CPD accredited Google Hangout. All you have to do is to send us a email or give us a call that you've watched the CPD Hangout or you've listened to the podcast and you will get a CPD certificate from SingVL. So remember, if you haven't done it already, you should sign up on YouTube so you can get automatic notifications. And also remember, last Hangout was the first time we had some um, podcasts available. So from now on, you could listen to us on your podcast. So the next time you are cycling in Pure Gym or on the running machine or rowing, you just have to turn on SingVL's podcast and you can listen to see what's going on in the world. Remember also that next week is MIPIM and we will be at MIPIM. So... If anybody wants to meet any of the team in MIPIM, give us a shout. I'll have to have a chat with you. Okay, so that's the intros over. Let's talk about the market and news. Well, Dale, should we just tell everybody what's been going on, what's for sale, and what might be coming up at Singaville? Sure. Yep. Happy to give a quick rundown of the properties we've got currently available, which are um, the first of which is a we've got a retail investment in Rugby Town Centre, Letts and Holland and Barrett. They've been in occupation since 1999 and they've got a further three years remaining on their lease, albeit they removed a break option in 2016, showing their commitment to this building. We're asking £475,000, which is 6%. Um, the, the next sale we've got, we're offering a petrol station investment in Wallingford in Oxfordshire, fronting the busy A329, which is let for a further 10 years with a guaranteed rental increase in 2023. We're asking 1.15 million, which is a net initial yield of eight and a half percent rising to a guaranteed 9.34 percent. The next investment we have is a retail investment in Torquay Town Centre, which is led to William Hill, so highly, highly secure income. Um, they took a new lease from June 2016 at a rebase rent, and we're asking 265000 which is a high 10% net initial yield. Next, we have a co-op supermarket down in Ivebridge in Devon, let for a further 10 and a half years. It's the only supermarket in the town. The tenants spend about £1 million refurbishing the unit, and we're asking £2.73 million, which is 6.5%. In Newport, uh, Newport, Wales, we have a Clinton's card retail investment in a prime retailing pitch. Um, the property is let on a new lease from February 2015 at a rebase rent, and we're asking £245,000. Again, high yield of 12%. And finally, in Scunthorpe, we've got a retail warehouse let to go outdoors with 10 years unexpired at a low rent of sub five pound a foot. And uh, we're asking 2.385 million pounds, which is six and a half percent. 
in terms of, in, we, we are working on some further sales uh, which we'll be bringing to the market over the next couple of weeks or so so just to very briefly give you an idea of what we've got coming up we're going to have a, a retail and a mixed-use retail in, in, and residential investment in Fairham town centre which has some uh, residential conversion redevelopment potential that'll be an attractive half million pound lot size we'll have an interesting investment in Plymouth city centre with about 70% of the income secured to a AAA covenant for a further 40 years. That'll be about 7%. And we are working on some multi-let ground lease, industrial um, ground rent investments um, up in the Northwest as well. Good, thank you, Dale. Uh, Graham, what's going on in Scotland? Well, hopefully, uh, I don't know if you've got a question for this week, Neil, but obviously the question a couple of weeks ago was who's going to win between Scotland and England? And I think we all know the answer to that now. What? Just make sure everybody get the answer to that. It was 25-13. Um, is there a game? There's some game tomorrow. I really, honestly, I don't know. Is there a game tomorrow? Uh, I know. I'll keep you posted, Neil. I'll keep you advised. What is it, what's happening to tomorrow? Honestly, is well, it? To, to, tomorrow we're going to beat the Irish. The boat race? What is it? <laughs> Tomorrow we're going to beat the Irish. Okay. All right. Uh, but More in than... terms of sales, um, we've been we've been pretty busy. We have a card factory in Elgin, which I'm hoping is going to conclude today. So that will uh, that will be sold within four weeks of bringing to the market. Um, we are still working on our recalls in Dundee. Um, to be fair, there was a slight issue with the strength of covenant there, but we've. Uh, managed to approach McCall's and get an assignation to the main McCall's covenant. So we'll be bringing that back out next next week. Five hundred thousand pounds net initial yield of eight percent. Uh, new sales: uh, Superdrug in High Street Air, um, substantial Grade B listed former bank building, um, specifically adapted for Superdrug when they went in in two thousand and sixteen. Lease, sorry, two thousand six. The leases till May two thousand and twenty one. So just over three years, and we're bringing that out at 1.675 million, which is a very attractive net yield of 11%. There's a couple of upper floors which are uh, sold with the building, which are vacant at the moment, which could be converted to residential. Uh, the other one which we've just put on the website today is Sally Beauty in South Street in Perth. So what did you say? Brand what, was that? what was that? Sally Beauty. She's a beauty. Yeah. Oh, Sally Beauty. <laughs> Sally Beauty. <laughs> Sally Beauty, okay. yeah. Sally Beauty. Um, so, new 10-year lease, unbroken, no breaks uh, from November 17, and that's 530,000, a net of yield of 7.13%. And uh, much like Dale, we'll have a couple of other sales that we're working on that we'll be bringing out next week, another well-let retail uh, over... 1.7 million and a smaller retail of 350,000 a new 10-year lease. So plenty happening. Wow. Plenty happening up here. Good. Excellent. So if you want to buy properties, you know where to come. SingleVeilSales.com. Don't delay. So, guys, let's talk about some things in the news. Um, I've got three things I wanted to talk about. And anybody can jump in and anybody can – you're more than welcome. Please do give us your views. So the big news, I think, in the last week – is how many retailers have found it a little bit difficult and i'm interested to hear what um humphrey and duncan think i mean we've had what we've had toys r us which my feeling is, my guess is really they they just lost the um the model it wasn't a question of online they just lost the model new look which has gone into a cva 
what else is there's Maplin what a disaster Maplin every middle-aged man loves going into Maplin to buy his gadgets and that's what have they gone into admin haven't they and what what's the fourth one I forgot Prezzo. 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 yeah so it's not been a great week for the retail sector and how that impacts upon the property market we'll have to wait and see when this happened a few years ago um, really, actually, people still jumped into property because they wanted yield, but obviously they're a bit more concerned about the covenant, and that's, I suspect that's going to be the same thing now. But there's not a lot of choice out there. If you want to buy properties and get your yield, you know, you, I suppose you want to spread your risk. So I think that's a bit of a concern for the market. The second thing I wanted to mention was that Countrywide, which I, we have followed on the Hangouts quite closely over the last year or so, Alison Platt, of course, left recently. She's the MD. And the chairman, Peter Long, is now running the business. And it was announced, I think just yesterday, that their profits are down 45%. And their, over, their overall income was reduced. Sorry, their sales and letting profits were down 45%. Their overall income was down by 9% during 2017. And they are apparently now going to drop their hybrid online offering. And they're going to go back to basics. So because I don't know, guys, Duncan um, Humphrey, what they, what they did is they were trying to emulate the online model and apparently you could go into one of their brands and you could say, well, I'll either do the 500 pound or 1,000 pound in, um, online offering and if I can't sell it, I can then pay you a proper fee at 1% or 2%. And they seem to have dropped the online offering and gone back to basics. So... I have two comments on that, and please, anyone else, please jump in. My comment is, number one, I've changed my mind about online agencies. I thought that online agencies would actually be the way forward, and I did think that high street estate agencies were likely to close. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think it's all about service, and I think all that's happened is that if an online agency, such as Purple Bricks, which hasn't had the best news, and press in the last um, few weeks if they can't offer a decent service people won't use them it's all about the service the quality of service the other thing i think they've done is they've created a, a race to the bottom in terms of fees and that's put pressure on the high street agents i think what's probably going to happen is the high street agents will carry on and they should charge a proper fee for doing a proper job but i think they will they will close a lot of branches or they will relocate to cheap to cheaper space why do you need to have a front door on the high street maybe they'll move upstairs into offices and if they all move off the high street you think of someone like i don't know Hampstead, which has got 15 or 18 estate agents there's going to be 18 empty shops so either the rents have got to tumble or someone else has got to go into those shops so actually i think that the estate agency in the high street is not going to close and is not going to go online but it's just going to adapt and they've got to bring down their cost base. In fact, Foxton's, which is renowned in London for taking very prominent, expensive units, basically they're advertising hoardings with a window. And that must be one of the reasons I would guess why they've ha um, had problems recently. I don't know if anyone's got any. That's my view. I, I think it's hard to argue with that, um, uh, Neil. There's got to be change in that sector, um, I would have thought. But coming back to your first theme, the the theme of retailers struggling, and you know, Duncan should come on this. You know, we're seeing a steady stream of opportunities from um, retailers who are struggling to one degree or, uh, or other. Some, some of them have gone through the sort of formal process of administration or CVA. Others just have too much space um, in places. Um, 
I think, and again, Duncan should comment, we, we, I think there is a need for realism about what the excess of space is going to mean for um, at, at, at times, but yeah, and a recognition of what leisure operators like ourselves can really bring to yeah, developments. And yeah, when we find ourselves on retail parks, we, we know that we can bring six, seven, eighths of an attractive demographic to uh, retail parks that can help strengthen retail parks and recover some of the losses that other retailers are seeing. Um, and so we are seeing some of that start to cycle through. It really does take quite a long time. And the good example is some of the BHS sites are now only just getting fitted out. I think we've got, you know, one or two that are going on. Um, well, you've two years just, after business. You've taken, you've, taken, well, you've taken some of their units. Yeah. Space, space within their units. Yeah. Not the whole, not the whole thing. Yeah. So we're taking space, but it's taken two years to work through the system. It takes a long time for this pro this space to be repurposed. Mm. I think I think we've we've seen these sort of boom and bust cycles in the property market many many times. For those of those of us that have been around long enough, and uh, there always seems to have been a sector that's been there. Uh, to take the space that the last time around in 2007 8 it was the it was the discounters it was the B&M bargains and home bargains pound lamps pound worlds 99p stores of this world um, but I think they've they've hit saturation point almost now um, and I don't really see that there is a whole sector that that's there to take all this excess space um, the leisure, the leisure sector, and in, in particular, well, a, a lot of parts of the leisure sector are really struggling, as we've seen with with Prezzo. And it's been well publicised that a, a lot of the uh, the restaurant businesses are are struggling. Um, and, I, and I think it's probably more the likes of, of gyms and, uh, to a lesser extent, trampolining companies and this kind of thing that that is that element of the leisure sector that that uh, is is still. Uh, holding strong and, and is is there to take the space, but um, I, I don't quite know what's going to happen to all this, all the smaller units, all these new looks and things that um, that are going to hit the market. Um, because I, I just can't see who's there, who's there to take them. Yeah, well, we've actually, yes, we've been selling some investments where we had new look. We've had two actually, and we were giving them away, and no one wanted them. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty secondary locations, actually, to be fair. But nobody wanted them. So that market, it really is, um, you do wonder what's going to happen, actually. What we've heard, interestingly, in the, I've only heard this in the last few weeks, is that some of the department stores in London, they're giving up space to people like WeWorks now. Yeah. So that's really interesting, actually. Well, we, yeah, we, look, we, we've, we've got some discussions going on with department store operators, um, one that's particularly productive, where, yes, the space in what you would have as relatively prime London space, um, where they are willing to release, you know, sort of 10, 15,000 square feet chunks, I think, to us, Duncan. It's that sort of, yeah, you know, absolutely, really yeah. Big chunks of space. Chunks of space. Um, yeah. So when, you look, really when, you look at our, when you look at our sector in aggregate, if you look forward over the next six or seven years, our projections are that the value fitness space in total is going to open probably five to six million square feet of, of space, take it in aggregate. We'll do between... Forty percent of that, so or two and a half million of that, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, but real, you know, volumes, and that will come. Relatively little of that will come from new builds. Quite a lot will be units being carved up, some standalone units, 
and, and one of the advantages we have is we can be very flexible in the space we, we take. We've got converted bowling alleys, nightclubs, uh, theatres, uh, car showrooms, uh, offices, uh, retail units, basements underground in London, top floors of office blocks in West. A pretty broad range that um, operators like ours can take, which uh, I think is, is really helpful. We hope uh, the kind of landlord community into the property industry, and that's a, a message we're trying to get across to, to people more in a, in a market like this. Can I ask you, because it just there, there's hopefully people will be watching this now or later, and they may actually have some space for you, um, which and we're here to help. What sort of what sort of space do you guys often? Is there a size? Is there a, a size requirement or? D Duncan, do you want do you want to headline yeah. the sort of key elements? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we we can really take anything from around five thousand square feet up to about eighteen, even twenty thousand square feet in in certain key busy locations, uh, and we we have a, a range of models to suit the, the various um, sized units um, that needs to be over one or two floors um, uh, and, and we need a, a lift and stair core link between the, the, the two if there are two floors um, outside of London um, very much a requirement for parking on the larger units so if we're if we're at sort of 10,000 square feet plus we, we definitely want parking outside of London uh, inside the M25, we can live without parking because clearly the majority of people travel by public transport. Um, we're, we're taking 15-year leases with a tenant-only break at uh, year 10 outside of London. Inside London, we can be a little bit more flexible on lease term. Um, you know, even even potentially going to 20-year leases unbroken for for certain key locations. Um, I, I guess the key issues for uh, any gym user, not just pure gym, are that there's always a consideration for acoustics, both in terms of noise emission from the building itself um, to, to neighbours, which may well be retail or, or leisure or, or residential. Um, and the other, the other key element is floor loading capacity, um, uh, which uh, we, we need five kilonewtons per square metre um, floor loading. Uh, which on certain older buildings can sometimes sometimes be a challenge. Um, have you had have you had any? Um, here's a thought, something quite interesting. Have you had any occupiers come to you and say we've got excess space? I don't mean retailers, lots. actual actual off really. Off. Yeah, lots. Because yeah. you could see now it's sort. Of, yeah, we talk to occupiers all the time, and and not just in the retail sector. That's what I mean. Office like office occupiers. Office office sector. Yeah, there's there's lots and lots of opportunities where. People have landed with too much space now. Um, their operating models have changed. Their, their storage requirements have changed, both in terms of filing from an office perspective, which is now done in clouds or off-site, or in a retail from a retail perspective, uh, you know, storage is is almost all but obsolete now. People go from warehouse to shelf, um, and there's a, there's a lot of excess space in, in shopping centres, upper floors, which used to be given over to storage for the retail units in there. There's uh, and a lot of storage space in offices and, and uh, yeah so it's a lot. you must be I mean you must at the moment in all seriousness you, you said that you swim, when we were talking earlier you said there's a few competitors out there yeah you, you must be there must be so many opportunities for you guys and you, there, there are yeah absolutely um, I mean it might, you wonder why you have to pay any rent <laughs> yeah well, you, you do wonder that actually yeah no, I'm serious no I'm not uh, I'm not joking there must be Empty you know, buildings around, which just at the moment don't have any tenant demand for. 
there are. Um, I mean, look, the, the, the property market is, is always is always hard work, whatever the, whatever the climate. Um, and uh, you know, there's the, you always end up in, in a bidding war. So whilst whilst there may not be other types of occupier for a building, um, you know, often if if we find a building or the gym group find a building. Uh, or JD Sports find a building, then the landlord will will do the rounds and and get us involved bidding against each other, uh, in much the same way as they used to do with the discounters uh, in in the last recession. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of occupiers out there with with uh, a lot of excess space, but they've got they've got rents that they're having to pay, and they want they want to try and match those they want to try and match those rents on the on the downsize space. Yeah. And often the costs of splitting units can be uh, can be quite high for them again because of the, the acoustics and, and things. So uh, it's it's not easy, but it's uh, an interesting sector. Yeah, you know, it's you just plenty that, being presented to us. But what happens in the investment market often is this: is that there's all of a sudden one sector suddenly becomes in vogue. You know, it was I know it was nurseries or it's student accommodation, which you sort of can't help feeling is really overblown. And now you sort of there's a lot of people interested in gym operations, and you can suddenly see that 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 really growing um can i ask you because actually i had not I had another point generally but can i just ask you how how do you guys intend to expand then are you going to expand overseas well, well the, the focus expansion is in the uk um, you know at the moment certainly we we think the uk market we think is a half developed speaking maybe a little over half for the value gym sector which obviously we we lead in in the market overall now so, you know, we've still got lots more sites in the UK. Um, we've been opening 20 to 30 what we call large boxes a year. We'd hope to continue about that sort of rate for the foreseeable future and probably maybe 10 to 25 what we call smaller or mid-sized boxes a year. That sort of number is what we're working to. And there's plenty to keep Duncan and his team busy um, in that. Um, we, we, we've got a good model um, and a good business and yes we're looking at some overseas opportunities but still very early days for that. So we're doing the sort of pre-screening work on markets overseas and stuff but that's and, you know, it's not more than five or ten percent of focus and it's pretty much only me and two others doing that. Very I've, much always, I've always wondered, I've never, I've never actually acted for an occupier, how do you work out what rent is right for you? Because obviously the lower, the, 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 the um, yeah. Less is the best, but if you're competing, how? What I mean, do, do you do you sort of look at the demographics of the location, the sort of the yeah. likely number of yeah. visitors, and? Yeah, we've. I mean, we have we have quite a quite a, a good uh, demographic modelling system um, uh, that enables us to, based on competition, socio-economic factors, traffic flow, um, enables us to predict reasonably accurately now uh, how many members that we're going to get and. Um, the, the socio-economic factors enable us to predict fairly accurate, accurately the sort of membership yield that we're going to be able to charge. So, um, I mean, our, our rents are very much driven by our, our financial appraisals. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't we don't get involved in in bidding wars if the model doesn't doesn't work for us. Um, mm -hmm. we'll quite happily, make a, a tactical withdrawal and say, take it. I mean, ultimately, this is this is what is getting these retailers into trouble a lot of the time. They're, they're, there's a fear of them not getting the best properties. They massively overpay. They end up with rent rolls that, that they can't support when sales fall away. And the next thing, they're in administration. And it's not a mistake that, that Pure Gym will make. Yeah, I see. I've, I've heard that there's, um, there's another way that um, Humphrey makes sure <laughs> he, gets, he gets his... Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure he gets the units that he wants. <laughs> you have too much inside knowledge here. You know, that's the problem. You've got to stay sharp. you got to stay sharp. <laughs> You've got to use the tools that are available to you, Humphrey. Okay. So, Dale, you had, didn't you had, a, you had a question for the guys, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, I had a question for, for which either one of you feel free to answer. Um, as you know, we're, we're a very much a tech driven business and, you know, gyms and fitness clubs to me are no longer these days sort of just bricks and mortar. Um, technology seems to play a, a massive part in, in, in a member's experience and I imagine quite often determines whether a member, you know, someone decides to join one club over another, they look at the technology in that gym and, you know, have they got the latest machines and um, so, you know, in, in the property industry, you know, it's all about prop tech, that's the, the, the buzzword at the moment. Um, in terms of the, the, the gym industry, are uh, I know there's sort of constantly emerging innovations, you know, I've, I see whether it's, you know, wearable technology or, or um, you know, in my gym, they have virtual classes. Um, so my question is, are you, are you constantly having to look at the sort of technology side of the business sure. today, sort of one step ahead? And, and are there any sort of new innovations sort of on the horizon, which, which, which we should be looking out for? Sure, listen, let, let, let me pick that up. Um, so there are two distinct elements to technology in our business. One is the wearable tech, um, in-gym tech, equipment and virtual fitness, as you've alluded to there, Dale. And the other is um, how people you know, join and in interface with the gym and actually manage their membership, if you like. So there's two very distinct parts. Um, we've invested um, a lot in the latter and a bit less in the former. So let me deal with the latter first and tell you why it's so important. Everybody can join our gym and manage their membership entirely through their mobile phone or through the website. We don't have any gym, oh. any commission salespeople um, or anything um, like that. Really important because it completely alters the cost structure of our business. Um, and that, that is the radical change we made in the business. So let me give you an example. Oh, we're losing you, Jim. We're losing you a bit. Are you losing me a bit? Okay, now go on, try again. Say that again. Let me try again. So is that okay? Yeah, yeah. We just lost, okay. you, just lost you slightly. Um, so when, when um, Fitness First had 190 gyms like us, they had over 1,000 commission-based salespeople in their business. We have zero commission-based salespeople in our business. All that work is done by our technology where people join and leave and manage their own membership. Yeah. It's, so that's I mean, important, that is. We think about the difference in cost structure that results from that. It's fundamental. Yeah, I mean, we see the same sort of thing. I mean, we have a view about that in the property game, really. It is changing. It's just dramatic the way these things are changing yeah. things. So give you an example. Our, our gyms operate at a, at a large kind of capital investment is, is well north of 3%. Old style fitness first struggled to get much above 10 or 12 percent. Sorry, say that again. We lost you there for the connection. What, what we, was that last thing? We get a margin of, of over 30 percent in good gyms. Okay, we have to pay for our capital, whereas fitness first struggled to get beyond about 12 percent. So, okay. so that, that drives returns for us. And then the fitness tech that Dale referred to, um, yeah, we're doing virtual fitness with um, digital fitness, we've got classes and studios that are pure virtual. I heard today, if you want to see a, 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 an interesting gym, go to the Oval Gym. 
What does that mean? You put a headset on and do a cycle. No, 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 you have screen. You have a, a big 16 foot, you know, 12, 16 foot video screen. Yeah, where they have it in my gym. Comes up on screen. Oh, wow. Yes, I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I heard this week that in our Oval Gym, where we have both class based studios and a virtual studio, the number of people doing the digital virtual studios is now higher doing instructor led classes. Now, people our age feel it a little bit weird working out to a screen. But the generation that's following us, they live their whole life through the screen, so it's completely normal. And they seem to be enjoying that a great deal. So we're seeing some of that innovation happen as we speak. Okay, well, Graham's always in the gym, aren't you, Graham? So Graham's got a question. <laughs> yeah, I, I you can't, you can't often get hold of him on the, in, during the... <laughs> you can see, that's why it's a headshot, nearly. Don't see the rest of me. Um, What's the kind of percentage do you, do you think that uses it at three o'clock in the morning and four o'clock in the morning? And does that not give you challenges if you're going into a multi-occupied building? I mean, the the twenty-four hour thing does 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 intrigue me a wee bit. Yep. So um, about um, twenty percent of our visits to our gyms outside the uh, as um, when a normal gym open, I do you know between about thirty in the evening and let's say about. Six o'clock, six thirty, six thirty in the morning, or seven o'clock in the morning when when normal gyms used to. Work. Um, and it's not that everybody goes at three o'clock in the morning. It's very small numbers then. A lot of people between about nine in the evening and about midnight, and between about four a.m. and six a.m. So, for example, I was in a gym in the centre of Manchester. Um, at five to five in the morning a few months ago, and there were 60 people working out then. And it's those shoulder hours that are particularly valuable to people. We monitor through CCTV, and we typically always have a member of staff, first aid trained on site at any time, including service cleaners overnight. So that adds about 15 or 20% to the usage of our gym, what a normal operator would be able to provide. And, and it's valuable and about 90 percent of our gym 24-hour access uh, a lot of people struggling to sleep obviously yeah well all working shifts or working for the nhs yeah. or that sort of thing yeah. Yeah. cabbies who come off come off roster at night and that sort of thing all that sort of stuff or they're just worried graham <laughs> they're just worried and they can't yeah. sleep that could be that could also be a reason interesting though, isn't it i mean you can almost you can almost envisage a time where you'll sort of work out at home. I bet you could do this now, probably. You probably get a pop-up screen at home, and all of a sudden you're, you've got like a, a you've got your gym membership, and there's 20 yep. people. I, do, I mean, that's a, I bet that's already happening, isn't uh, it? It's already happening, but it's hard to have an Olympic lift platform and a Smith machine and plate-loaded weights equipment at home. Yeah. Or treadmill yeah. or stuff like that. So the kit yeah. you need, it's hard to replicate at home. Yeah. I but suppose. the actual exercises and a kettlebell you can do. That's what yeah. we're seeing happening. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, okay, Dale, you were going to ask another. You were going to ask about Debenhams, but I think we've covered that, haven't we? Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just. Yeah, I was going to. I think we covered it, but I was going to. The point was that the demise of the high street retailers um, seems to be giving you guys an opportunity to expand. But as as we said, you yeah. you're going into those. Um, Right, Duncan, I've got a question, Duncan. From a, listen, from a property point of view, why are you renting and not buying your sites and then doing sell and lease bags? Because you could, you could probably, it would probably be better, you'd probably make a few quid along the way, wouldn't you? 
I don't know. I mean, a, a business that's expanding at the rate that, that we're expanding at, uh, I think, A, there's certainly not the availability of, of freehold property. Um, you know, most, most of the buildings that we go into are multiple occupation or uh, you know, retail parks, shopping centres. Okay. At least in multiple occupation. So I would say probably 85, 90% of our properties, we wouldn't even have the opportunity to buy the free. And secondly, a business that's expanding at the rate that we're expanding at, um, you know, really, we, we should be committing every ounce of spare capital that we have to fitting the gyms out and moving on to the next one, not not getting involved in, in lengthy freehold sales and then lease bucks and tying up capital uh, unnecessarily. So, um, yeah. Okay, I've got a financial, can I ask a financial question of you guys? Yeah. So, because I just thought this might be interesting for people listening. So often when the pub operators would take a long lease, they'd take a 25-year lease in order to write down the fit-out cost over 25, over 25 years. And they, if they'd invested, I don't know, half a million pounds into the fit-out, they'd put that down on the balance sheet as an asset. Do you, it was interesting, I thought, Duncan, what you said earlier, that you're taking, say, 10-year leases, so you're not writing down over such a long period. So that must have an impact upon your your profit but actually it it's it's probably I mean in old-fashioned you spend a pound comes off your cost of occupation you know it, it, you're, it costs you two pounds to be there and you're bringing in three you make one pound profit you, whereas obviously clever accounting writes it writes some of that two pounds over 20 years so you're actually doing this on a shorter lease length how does that affect you from a from a business point of view I mean is that where it, I was I was surprised that you said that actually uh, so, let, let me pick up on the financials on that. What we do is we, we write off different elements of the investment over different time periods. So the gym equipment, which is about a quarter of the investment, we put about 1.25 million into any given site. Equipment and leasehold improvement. Uh, the equipment we write put between five and nine years, typically depending on, on the equipment. And the leasehold improvements we write off at between 10 and 15 years depending on the, um, on the lease break period, typically. Um, and and that's, you know, that's the way we do. We think that's a sensible and prudent way to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, re remember that our assets absolutely get exhausted. Because yeah. you know, when you've got, you got five or 6,000 members in a gym, you know, in a big gym, we're doing, we're doing 200, 300 visits a year. Um, they take a hell of a booting. So you've got to write the assets off. You've got to upgrade yeah. the facilities so they do get exhausted so you have to depreciate it um, and replace HVAC and boilers in 10 or 12 years or whatever so it's right we write them over off of that time period and was it so what's the average cost of being a member of your gyms so there's, so there's no monthly cost is that right or there's monthly cost there's no contract so you're bound in for 12 months at a time and the average cost is about 1950 a month across the country um, and it, it varies from about 12 pounds um, to the most expensive ones there's one outside in central London that's, that's different from this, but um, that's cheap. So about isn't it? 35. God, that 30. is cheap. And then what do you do? Do you, if you wanted to use, do you pay for a class? Is it, like a, is it a pay as you go model? Do you pay for classes? 50 to 80 classes included for free. Sorry, how many classes do you think? 50 to 80 a week. So do you know, there's no add ons? Uh, you, you can pay for multi gym membership. So you can play to use more than one. You pay an extra two pounds a month to use more gym than one, gyms than one at home, at work. Um, and you can buy little premium add-ons as well. Um, uh, but yes, it's a simple, straightforward 
offer for people and that's why we've got lots of members and they go regularly and when they don't want to go anymore they leave and other people join us so the old-fashioned gyms are people like what virgin active fitness first fitness first so they must you've you've you must have a massive impact upon them i mean they, i would say because their cost, they they were never at those sort of levels, were they? They were sort of 70, 80 quid a month. Or the, the, right? the mid market is typically defined as 40 to 50 pounds a month and a 12 month contract. That's where the market was. And we roughly speaking halved the cop people, the price, and we said you don't have to have a contract. And of course, yeah, that means that people can make a 20 pound or a 19 pound decision to join us. And they were having to make a four or 500 pound decision join the other operators because you're signing up for a 12-month contract and there are lots more people in 1920 pounds that will spend four or five hundred and that's why the that's why we've grown the market by 30 percent over the last six years so what's interesting is when i was earlier talking about the um my view of online estate agents and they were cutting the cost and the question was whether they were delivering the product what you guys are doing is you're cutting the cost but you're also delivering a completely flexible modern product exactly I mean, what so, we don't do what we don't do is we don't give you a swimming pool we don't give you a sauna we don't yeah. give you a, a turkish bath we don't give you a slightly grotty cafe and that sort of stuff we give you a great gym good changing rooms good showers we ask you to bring your um and into the gym work out and get out again that's yeah show me about the swimming pools though i like a nice swimming pool yeah i know neil i know you like your swimming but bad luck you'll have to go somewhere else mate so I can't get it for tw- I can't get it for nineteen pound fifty a month. What mm. Never mind, never mind. Well, maybe there's a market there. So I take there it is. I take it simply because you can't get you get more people in a gym than you get in a pool. Absolutely right, and a bit of gym space costs an awful lot less than a pool, and keeping a pool hot and all the chlorine and all the messing around and costs you about a hundred thousand pounds a year to run a swimming pool in a gym, a decent sized swimming pool. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Well, there I think. We that's really interesting, guys. Anything else you think property-wise that you want to mention to us, to our people? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, Duncan, to you, I think, on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean just let's, any, anybody who's got any opportunities that they think may be suitable of a suitable size, then uh, you know, do, do feel free to, to get in touch with our property team. We're, um, we can process uh, opportunities pretty quickly. Um, we can give people a view uh, almost immediately as to whether the location and the size of property uh, are, are of interest and some indicative rental terms pretty quickly as well. So um, uh, you know, always consider us. In, I mean, to, in terms of the investment, um, even since I've been with the business, which is just over two years, I've, I've seen the, uh, the yields from pure gym investment sales come down from eight nine percent to uh, down to five five and a half percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been incredible the uh, the speed at which they've they've come in, um, and I, I see no reason why that won't continue in the current market. When you look at our business and you look at the the, the revenue and the and the profits that we're making, um, I, you know, our covenant is only getting stronger. Yeah. Well, the market, the property, the investment market is actually very um, it's lacking stock, and I suspect that's part of the reason um, why people are. Um, you know, jumping it, jumping when they can. Okay, well, that's I think everything about Pure Gym. Um, I just wanted to tell every, um, some some other news to the audience, which I thought might people might find interesting. So, as you know, we have a 
an interest in another business called click to purchase where people buy properties online um, and of course we think that's the future and we've done something like 200 million pound of sales online where people can click a button and buy a building what was interesting is yesterday another agency actually not an agency rather actually a residential development trading company up in Manchester was the first to sell a residential property online using click to purchase in the UK and that would that transaction would have immediately been recorded in a blockchain ledger and that was that was undertaken by a company called HS property group we're really thrusting young group of guys who I've met quite recently so I was I've been really impressed with them and it, but what's interesting is how it shows that this that, that the online model is now moving into the residential sector um, it's been it's been trading in that way in Ireland, but the residential agents in the UK have been a bit slow to come to the table. But I now think they're all going to be coming one after another because it's the way forward. And the government have been promoting a way of trying to speed up the house buying process. And my view is that technology is the answer. But I won't go into that too much that now. I'll say that for another time. But I just thought it was very interesting. First residential property concluded online. So guys, I would say that's probably about it for today unless anyone's got anything else to add graham dale no no okay guys well look, if i can just finish off duncan thank you very much for your time i i like i said if we do get any inquiries we'll refer them straight on to you lovely thank you very much for your time humphrey always a pleasure always a pleasure no doubt the bike is in the office ready for the ride home i'm sure <laughs> Graham, thanks very much. I'll, I'll be on the train. Okay. <laughs> Dale, thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, so for me, remember. Cheers, guys. Just remember, call us your CPD certificate, MIPIM, podcasts, Pure Gym, £19.50 a month. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye bye.